The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in. All right, guys, on today's episode, yes, we are still going to be breaking down Friday's game, but this time we're joined by beautiful football mind and 24-7 reporter Stephen Brooks. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, guys. September 7th. Yes, this is Locked On Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan. Back for another game week, baby. Ooh, I'll say it again. This is nice. Talking about what happened instead of all the what-ifs that we are talking about in the preseason. Now, here we are, and it's a, it's a happy week because MSU, yeah, throttled the Wildcats out of Evanston. That's right, went up into their house and got that dub. Uh, we're going to be joined today by Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. We're going to have a, a nice chat about what he and I saw on Friday. More so about what he saw. You guys probably value his opinion more so than mine, and I take no offense to that because as Steven's awesome. Steven's got a great football brain between those ears of his, so yeah, looking forward to that chat with him. Uh, for the rest of the week, uh, we are going to be breaking down the Youngstown State team a little bit tomorrow. Uh, we will be talking with a beat reporter that covers them in tomorrow's show, and then yeah, just keep on building up to uh, another game. Might get a little basketball in there. Although it wasn't the greatest news that happened over the weekend with recruiting for them, and I don't necessarily want to be that big of a Debbie Downer and bring the bad vibes of that uh, onto the airwaves this week. Um, Until then, though, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Like I said, uh, this is Locked on Spartans, in case you have amnesia and have already forgotten what you're listening to exactly. And hey, you know what? Without further ado, let's just get right to them. Stephen Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, it is our mostly weekly tradition. We're going to try to get this going every week. But Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, oh yeah, he's on to chat about the game. That's right, the win. That's right, the victory. Stephen, how on earth are you doing? I'm still uh, just high on life off that win on uh, Friday. But you you got to be a non-biased reporter, Stephen. Uh, I'm, I'm sure life's just, just okay for you. It is. That, no, that's a great word. I mean, I, I haven't... I haven't filled you in on everything that's been going on lately, but yeah, it's, it's okay. is a pretty good way to put it. I'd say, um, okay. I gotcha. get it though on your end. I mean, that was a, that was an exciting way to start the season. Um, just a great weekend of games in general and still got one, uh, you know, going out and finishing up tonight and everything Wednesday through Monday, college football games. Like we don't ever get that again, I believe until bowl season, um, which is a shame. It's we, incredible. We need this more often. I know it. <laughs> Do you, do you ever get tired of it or, or, or like, are you like watching Sunday night, like Notre Dame, Florida state being like, all right, I'm ready to like move on with my life and have a day without college football. Or are you just like, what? like, like a junkie, just smack, no, like, give oh, me more. everything, dude. No, I'm searching for uh Sacramento state against uh Portland state. Okay. At 1145 yeah. at night. Like, come on, man. Someone's got to be kicking <laughs> off right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I need it all, especially <laughs> at, at this time of year. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much a straight junkie all the way through, but especially at this time of year when I haven't gotten it uh, lately, oh yeah, I'm sucking it all up. I'm just consuming everything uh, that I can. So um, you know, maybe November, like I said, I'll, I'll settle for the eleven o'clock kickoff. But yeah, man, I, they, there's, yeah, there's sure, no need. Sure. Let's just keep it rolling. They do the twenty four hours of 
college hoops. Let's do like 24 straight days of college football to open or something. I don't know. Let's 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 figure this out because the Wednesday through Sunday was was, yeah. was excellent. Sensational. No, I'm doing a horrible job as a host. I'm talking about everything but the game that we're supposed to talk about. Are, are you are you a gambling man as well? Like, are, are you a gamblesman when it comes to college football? Like, like I am. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I do. I dabble. Um, not on Mich- not with Michigan State or anything, but uh, sure. I sure. Well, yeah, you're a man of integrity, man. right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, there's a couple, couple old school principles that that we still like to live by. Sure. Understandable. How'd you do over the weekend? Fine. I mean, hang around there. No, no, not great. Not yeah, great. Good. Likewise. Dame, All right. Good. So we're- yeah, Notre Dame got me. Let's see. Uh, UNC hurt me. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people care a ton, but I'm not going to write. Yeah. But not, no, not great. <laughs> not great. But luckily they had all those guarantees going on. So, you know, I got a couple, couple uh, shoe ins with, with Clemson and whatnot. But um, yeah. That's right. Not, of not course. Of course. No, of course. So, you know what was the best, though, Stephen, was the, the game on Friday. If, if you're a state slappy like myself, and um, I'm actually going to potentially pop this balloon right here because it, it has been four days as you know this drops on tuesday since the game so now now i just got to ask you your unbiased opinion i'm gonna gonna lean in close because i feel bad saying this out loud did did msu just straight up look good like we all think or or does northwestern just kind of suck like what 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 do you think i think that msu actually looks competent but i'm excited to hear what your genuine thought on, on the matchup was yeah, I so I mean I think it's a little bit of both to be honest. I'll okay. just say that up front. I'm not going to try to um, lead anybody down a path I don't want to. I mean, because look, I, yeah, I could see, you know, Northwestern traditionally starts slow, um, but they lost a lot of proven players, and uh, I mean, to me that, that I wouldn't be surprised if they only won a couple games this year. You know, I, I think they've probably got like a hard ceiling, similar to Michigan State, like a six, seven ish win or what we thought. You know, so. We'll see how that ages. Um, again, they usually get better as the year goes on, but uh, they they look pretty bad at times too. But there were some things from Michigan State too that you can't like fake either. You know, like mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, what he was doing once he found a crease, like that's not fake. Like he's going to be able to do that. Um, I'm not saying break off, you know, uh, sure. whatever, six six <laughs> runs of over 30 yards or whatever, but yeah. just in terms of being a problem in the second level, making a, a guy that's hard to bring down. Um, a playmaker, somebody you can count on, somebody that you can feature in the running game. All these things, that's real. You know, the offensive line that got him there and, and Jared Horse being a big addition there, I think that's pretty real. Um, and then, you know, I think Peyton Thorne played solid and, and that's something to build on. Like, yeah, there's – so, it's yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, when you have all these explosive plays, like that's – it's kind of in a way sort of similar-ish to a – to a turnover field game in the sense of, like you can't count on them really. I mean, you hope mm-hmm. for turnovers, you hope for these explosives. You can't always count on them though, you know, so that tips it a little bit. And it, it is worth noting, um, look, I think folks are excited and they should be. And it was a, it was a fun game, no doubt. Um, but I mean, Northwestern makes those two kicks. It could be a different game, even without the two kicks that they missed. Yeah. They, 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 there's no re- you know, if they somehow found a, a little pep in their step, there's no way they couldn't have made that a game in the fourth quarter. So it's not as if they just blew the doors off these guys and played flawless. That's where I go back to, you know, um, you know what you said. Like, I think it is a little bit in the middle between those two things because they didn't play flawless. But like I said, I think a lot of those things, I think some of those things that we saw are 
are uh, are real, you know, and will hold up uh, as we go through the season. That's why I think last time we talked, we talked about this being a very good opening game for this team. I kind of – well, I do want to get to both sides of the ball. We'll start with offense and then defense. But before getting that, I actually kind of want to ask a follow-up on that. Just the, the flaws that you did see in the game, is there anything that you're looking forward to the most for this Saturday? Yes, of course, it's just Youngstown State. But is there anything that kind of surprised you where you're like, well, hold on, let me get a second look at this to make sure like this is actually a concern for Michigan State coming up this Saturday? Well, I mean, nothing like super – like. Alarming, I guess I would say. Okay. Um, I mean, look, they, they gave up a couple explosives in the past game themselves. You definitely mm-hmm. don't want to do that to uh, to Youngstown State with respect to them, um, because you know we've t- uh, probably, you, we've either talked or you've heard about Western Kentucky and what they have come in with their passing game, and uh, there will be there will be other, there will be much better passing offenses that Michigan State plays than Northwestern, you know. Um, but look, it was really I would hope only so. like yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was really only, you know, each each corner, I think, gave up one big, big play, and then they each had a couple moments, too, where you're like, ah, you know, you know, you just sort of, you know, snap your finger, move on to the next play. Um, so I guess that's sort of an area, but, I mean, they played so many guys defensively um, that I thought they held up pretty well. Oh, they were pretty consistent across the board, and uh, with uh, it, was, it was productive with, with what they were doing on the D-line and at linebacker. There wasn't really a, a drop-off there. So I guess I guess the only thing, like I said, could could come down to those corners. But I'm not panicking about them yet either. Like I think all in all, it was a solid enough performance from them. We will be back in a hot second with Steven, but I need to talk to you beautiful, beautiful people about Stat Hero. That's right, Stat Hero. Love me some Stat Hero. Guys, I got a little fun fact for you here. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? That's right. Taking big fat L's just like the Wildcats last Friday. Oh, um, not 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 with Stat Hero. Stat Hero is here to kind of level the playing field. Uh, oddly enough, you know they they want to help you beat them. It is why it is the best daily fantasy sports book out there. They put control right within your reach. Well, how? <laughs> we'll sit down and listen up because I'm about to tell you how. Stat Hero will show you their lineups. Dare you to beat them. So it's you versus the house, and you already know who they are playing. You name the stakes. It's winner take all. That is such a major advantage to see who the other guys are playing. And Stat Hero just, bang, hey, here's what we got. Try to beat this buster. It's it's just second to none. I, I dare you to try to find a day. No, you know what? No, I'm not going to dare you to try to find a daily fantasy sports book better because that would just be wasting time. It'd be wasting time. It's Stat Hero all day, every single day. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free right now. That's right, free, free 99. And you get three times back on your first play. That's right, three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. One more time, guys. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Actually, let's just, yeah, just talk about the offense right now. I just want to break this up kind of like we'll talk about the offense first and then the defense. And it's kind of tough. Like, where where do we start with the offense? Do we talk about the record-setting performance from Kenneth Walker? Or do we start with the quarterback battle? And I I think let's just start with the quarterback battle. Obviously, Thorne wins the job. And, okay, sure, maybe it's just he's he's a better quarterback and everything like that. But I also think it's something to do with him being a little safer with the ball as well or – 
why do you think the coaching staff did go with Thorne over Russo? Do you have any inside answer as to that, or is the answer just as obvious as, well, he's just a better quarterback? I don't know. I think uh, it, I think you you were onto something there when you said uh, taking care of the ball and, and knowing more of what you can expect there. And I think there's just maybe a, a higher a, a higher consistency with Thorne. Um, you know, from everything that I saw during the, the public periods, and I'm no expert QB evaluator, but like I, I thought there was a lot of boom or bust with Russo. Um, yeah. And I, so I could imagine, you know, maybe just a more more steady baseline uh, with Thorne perhaps. Again, he knows the system. I'm not surprised that that – I guess I shouldn't say that. I mean, I was confused about it as anybody uh, near the sure, end of this right. thing. But um, with Thorne, it's just his competitiveness. You know, in that sense, I'm not surprised. Like, they brought this guy in, and, and he seemed to raise his level. Um, and we should mention his mobility. You know, I think it's, it gets talked about a lot, and I think it's worth remembering. I mean, the guy's not Johnny Manziel out there, and I think sometimes <laughs> people throw that around like it is a huge. But I mean, it's when it's when you're when you're when you're splitting hairs like that can be the difference. Like, I mean, I don't expect him to rush for a thousand yards, but he is a, a decidedly better runner than Russo. So, if you're making a close call, I think that that says something um, as well. That factors in as well. So yeah, and then he backed it up. You know, I think that you have yeah. to take that performance and say, okay, you know, uh, he won. The, you know, there's no, there's no questioning what went into the decision or how it was made or anything like that. You can, he, he was able to come out and, uh, you know, and, and make his case in a, in a pretty strong way. I think. So I'm pretty good at like having like arbitrary, really dumb sports fan takes. So here's one of them right here that uh, I maybe want you to help back me up on is that. I think Thorne, you know, having that chemistry with Reed going back to high school perhaps may have helped too. I mean, it seemed so pretty early in the game as well. I mean, he kept on going after Reed. Is, do you think there's something to that, or is this just a built-up fantasy in my head that maybe a season or two with a kid in high school isn't all it's cracked up to be when he finally gets to the college level? Set me straight here, Stephen. How, how, how dumb of a take is that? It, I mean, he's he's got to have – relationships with all these guys you know by now is his third year on campus um he's he's just thrown so many passes to all these other guys too i don't think it's a a huge difference i mean he knows like those those subtle subtle intricacies of maybe Jaden's footwork or when he's going to break off a route or when he thinks he has separation and whatnot that can tip him off and he's surely looking for him more because they're they're super, super close off the field. I mean, they're, they're about as close as you can be off the field. Sure. And then, uh, you know, on the field, obviously, he does look for him a lot. Um, but he's a player that Michigan State wants to feature a lot, too. So, I mean, I think either guy was going to find Jaden Reed. I, I just – I don't know. I don't think that's a huge factor. I mean, because I would almost think, like I said, like Russo would have to hit Jaden a lot, too. Like, it would almost come down to how Thorne uh, can connect with those other guys, you know, that would almost – that would decide things more in that regard. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't know. I get it, but I, I don't think it I don't think it was a massive factor in this. So I'll call it like a okay. So that take is like ten percent correct. Then it, 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 that seems fair to me, right? It's not totally. But I mean, I don't. I, how <laughs> no, I often could it help though? Like I don't know. I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, because it's you know it's not like he's throwing these passes to Cade McDonald in, in the end, right? Like any just like you said, any quarterback's going to find Reed and, and and they're going to make it work uh, one way or another here. No matter you know how many sleepovers they had in high school or how many after school dinners they would go out for, you know all, all that fun stuff. So all right, I guess I'll I'll quit harping on that uh that, that take. Thanks for uh, 
Set me straight. Someone has to. Will's not here anymore, so someone has to. And you're, you're, you got to be the guy here, Steven. So I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a stretch for me. Like, I mean, again, I'm sure it helps, understandable. But like, not as much as, like I said, just like the, his mobility being a, a plus. Yeah, you know, right. it's not, again, not a, he's not going to blow anybody away. No one's going to, you know, stay up at night trying to game plan for Peyton Thorns in the run game. But, um, <laughs> but he's got enough to, to, to be adequate and to run the whole scheme, to be in the RPO game and do all that. So, so it works. I think it, that's much more of a, of a factor than, sure. than uh, feeling Jaden Reed out, you know, and having that, that chemistry. Well, it, speaking of mobility and breaking away, let's just switch it right over to the running backs. And, yeah, we're going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Kenneth Walker. What, what about that performance from Kenneth really impressed you the most? Man, I think it's probably just backing up the hype and, and, like, and all that goes into sure. that, and we can break it yeah. down. But, like, he was the – you know, in, a, in an offseason that was – defined by personnel movement and additions and subtractions, um, he was the most anticipated, I think, transfer. I mean, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in terms of people expecting – everybody might have been curious about this guy or that guy or had their favorite, but in terms of (laughs) expecting an immediate boost, an immediate contribution, maybe an immediate star, like I think that was – he was always pretty much the guy. Um, And and he backed that up in obviously a massive way. Uh, and just to see, you know, I, we've seen it in some of these open practices, uh, like not just the media ones, like going back to the spring or the meet the Spartans, like just there's a burst to him and an acceleration and elusiveness in the open field. That's like, whoa, you know, you haven't seen that around here in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, once he got to the second level Friday night, it was just uh game over more, more times than not. Um, dude, dude's really, really good. So that, that was the most impressive thing to me is, I mean, he comes out Big Ten debut, Michigan State debut. Everybody's expecting him to be a dog, and uh, he comes out and has the seventh best game in program history. And one other thing, too, with the running backs that I was fascinated with is this is the first time we actually got to see the order, right? Like, this is a loaded running back room. Okay, where is everyone going to stack up? I thought it was interesting. Okay, obviously, Kenneth Walker, that's your 1A guy. And then it's Jordan Simmons and Harold Joyner, kind of 2A, 2B. And Eli Collins, I guess, can he can't even be considered three because he never saw the field unless special teams. He was on there for that. But I'm I'm a little surprised that Collins didn't get not just like no run. I'm surprised he's not the number two guy, but to have no run like that really surprised me. Then again, talented room. Someone's got to be the odd man left out. Like, how, how did you take that situation? Are you as surprised or is this how you kind of saw it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, and I should probably. I hope to find out maybe um, what the deal was. You know, I don't know. Maybe Elijah was hurt or just didn't have a good week of practice or or something. But um, you know, the whole they've they've made sure to tell the story this off season of he's back. You know, here's what happened last year. Right. Here's here's why you know you didn't see him last year after that great 2019 season. Um, and then yeah, everybody expected him to have a have a nice bounce back. And you know, we didn't. What 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 was that going to look like behind Kenneth Walker or would it be sort of alongside Kenneth Walker? Would they be a one two or you know, co-stars there. I think we have a bunch of better idea that now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I did expect him to see if anybody, I thought he'd get the second most carries and I thought that would sort of hold up through this season. So again, maybe it was just something minor and, and he wasn't available. Um, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's something more. And like you said, that's, that must say a lot because I still think he's a really talented back. And uh, you know, I think there's room for maybe that third guy semi-regularly. And I think Joyner will just continue to sort of be a chess piece, uh, an interesting move guy. 
that uh, gets deployed a lot of different ways. So that third guy maybe can have a semi-consistent role, but if you're really, you know, if you're him, you're really hoping to be the number two guy and take everything that Kenneth Walker can't take. We will be back in a hot second with Stephen Brooks to talk about the uh, MSU Wildcats game a little more, but first... Need to talk about Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar, baby. You've heard us talk about all nine of their delicious, delicious flavors. I'm talking coconut. I'm talking coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And, of course, there's also the mixed box. If you're not sure what flavor uh, really gets your goat, they will ship you a box, two of each of the nine flavors for a grand total of 18 I bet that you'll end up liking all nine of the flavors, actually. That's a, a bet I would like to place at a sports book near me. Uh, not only are the flavors remarkable and taste like candy bars, but check out these stats on each one. Most of the flavors, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. If you smash a built Bar before or after a workout, lawn work, a round of golf, uh, an argument with your in-laws, what, what, what have you. You are going to feel great the entire time because Built Bar, not just delicious in the taste buds, but delicious on the body, baby. That's right. So order today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Once again, guys, that's promo code LOCKED15. That is all one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BuiltBar.com? Locked 15, I'll say it again, 15% off your first order. Also, guys, it's time to talk about BetOnline.ag. That's right. It's time. It's that, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest Half million dollar NFL mega contest in the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open right now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. And be sure, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers when signing up using promo code NFL100. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football to basketball to golf to baseball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers for the upcoming season at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And going over to the defense here, just switch sides of the ball. I'm going to have you play teacher right now. Uh, you're, you're doing grades here after the first test. What, what grade would you give the defense? On one hand, okay, 21 points. You know, they, they let Hunter Johnson throw for a lot. Then again, like 14 of those points came in the fourth quarter when they're probably experimenting a little bit. They, they had some nice moments, especially in the first quarter. What, what grade are you giving the defense for their performance on Friday? Defense as a whole, and and man, grades are controversial because all I do is get, sure uh, all I get to do is get chewed out on my side oh, yeah. for everything when oh, I do yeah. these grades. But they're fun to do, so it's whatever. I take a lot of bullets um, for them. Uh, the entire defense, okay, I'll say a solid B. And look, okay. I'll be honest, I think it was a team wide about B performance. You know, obviously, I'm giving Kenneth, Kenneth Walker an A plus, but um, mm-hmm. on the whole, you know, the whole the entire uh, four quarters, I think it was about a B ish performance. Um, 
you know, again, against a team that we'll see uh, in terms of what they what they really are. But uh, the defense, yeah, they like you said, they, they gave up uh, a, some later some points later on. They were mixing and matching a ton on the D line and linebacker. They didn't swap out as much back, uh, in the back end. Um, so that was interesting. But I, like I said earlier, they, I thought they maintained a pretty good level of play. And and the biggest thing was, um, you know, the, the old bend but don't break. But when you see that in action, like that's that's important to note. You know, they gave up those big plays, and that was something that a lot of the great old Michigan. You no, know, I shouldn't say old. Geez, but like our heyday. You know, the the the, the D'Antonio glory years defenses would yeah. uh, just just brush it right off and it was back to business. And uh, they had that a couple of times with the missed field goals, with the almost, you know, almost had the goal line stand there um, after giving up some big plays. So you really like that. Uh, I thought it was a pretty clean tackling game, in which was, which is impressive. And that's, that's usually the sign of a well-coached team. Um, in game one, you just never know, though, especially these days. These guys aren't getting a ton of full contact work, even in camp. Um, I thought that was pretty clean for the most part. I, I really liked what the linebackers brought. Thought Cal Halliday and, and Quavaris Crouch were a nice combo out there. And again, for a young guy and a transfer, they just seemed to be very organized and together. Um, it didn't look like there was a ton of, to my eye, a ton of miscommunication or just blatant missed assignments, you know, at that level or, or really elsewhere. So I think there's a lot to build on. Like I said, you hope to limit those explosives in the passing game. Um, but, you know, everybody can say that. And it, that's the, probably the hardest thing to do these days, too, in a sense. So, uh, overall, yeah, solid B, a lot to like. I like that they rotated a ton of guys at, on the D-line. That's what you got to do. And I um, think we'll, hopefully we'll see a little more of Tank Brown moving forward and see what he can do there, too. But, uh, yeah, pretty good stuff across the board, I'd say. One name that I, I just keep, you know, spitting my head dizzy over about what I thought of his game was Ronald Williams. And that was definitely one guy that – what was picked on by Northwestern in a few big spots. Some of those times though, like it was just good coverage. The guy just made a really great catcher. It was a pretty nice throw by Hunter Johnson, but then again, sometimes he just straight up got beat on routes. Like what did you take away from Ronald Williams game? Is there cause for concern or do you think he bounced back enough in the second half to be like, all right, it, everything should be okay. That's just life as a cornerback. Sometimes you get beat. Ah, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, I don't think it's cause for concern yet. I mean, if it becomes a pattern, we'll see. But, like, uh, everybody's entitled to a bad game, a bad first game. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it sounds like an excuse, but it's like also, he com- you know, he comes in with – you know, he came in with some hype too, like when you come from Alabama and uh, he has a really cool story, as, as most folks probably know now, going to JUCO, learning a new position and all that. Um so people expected, I think, you know, I think that uh, relative to expectations, sure. If he had just been this nobody, you know, redshirt sophomore that was playing for the first time, people might go, eh, he had some promising moments, yeah. you know. So I think it's, I think the, the he's maybe getting crushed by his own expect, uh, the expectations that have surrounded him a little bit. Um, I will say, though, he's a guy that I really am going to key in on when I go in on a full rewatch of this game because everyone's talking about it. But, um, you know, we'll see. I think it has to become a pattern. It's he's still a guy that I heard great, great things about throughout camp. Um, I think he's got the physical tools to be good there. So we'll see. You know, I, don't, I just don't think one game uh, and I don't think it was a was egregious enough for me to for me to panic yet. But uh, something to monitor. And it's not like they don't have guys if, he, if he's not the one that's able to get it done out there. When it came to both sides of the field, the player that I was probably most surprised that got a lot of playing time was Cal Halliday. 
I, were you surprised about that as well? Because, you know, I'm, hey, he, like he did look good. He looks solid out there. But on the other end, like, yeah, he is a redshirt freshman. But not only that, he he is a little smaller than the other linebackers in that room as well. Like, I, I don't know what to, to think about. Like, okay, hey, cool. This guy's getting out there. He must be ready. But on the other hand, like, does this mean that everyone else isn't that good? I don't know. Once again, Steven, I've been talking myself in circles the last four days. Uh, about a lot of things from this game, and Ke- the the Kel Halliday thing is one of them. Set set me wow. straight here, Stephen. Uh, how would you interpret all that? <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's a good sign. Uh, well, maybe not. I think you should you could absolutely take it as a good sign. Um, I just I don't want to like I don't want to um, you know crown him yet. Obviously, it's one game, but I liked what he did in that game. But I mean, look what he beat out a, a returning starter, a senior mm-hmm. or whatever Harvey is, upperclassman, veteran, veteran dude for sure. Um, another experienced dude in Chase Klein and a transfer in Ben Van Summeren who has played a, a good amount of college football and is what a third or fourth year player. So he beat out all those guys for, you know, to, to play that role. So I think that says something in its own right. I don't think that's, it's a fluke. Um, you talk about his size. I mean, he's no smaller than Antoine Simmons. Everybody loved him last year and the season he had. So I don't Very think uh, it's, it is, you know, it's atypical of the, players that'll probably be coming in in the future, you know, but uh, Tucker didn't recruit him, but uh, he's here now. And if he can play for you, he can play for you. But uh, I think it's an interesting combo. I mean, he, uh, I I thought he was pretty dang good. And and, uh, I think it was PFF. Somebody graded him out as their top defender. So uh, obviously that's a good sign. I think Gavaris Crouch is a guy that can be really good by the end of the year. I just think he's going to get better as week by week um, as he continues to refine his position skills, his knowledge of the defense, just those those live reps within the defense and how you play when the plan goes awry and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, back to Cal. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That he's able to, able to break through and, you know, it's kind of cool that we've seen quite a few of these guys from uh, the last Antonio class yeah. um, break through, you know, and become players. You know, Jeff Petrowski, we saw play a ton. Obviously Ricky White, you know, had that great game last year and everything. There's there than there's others, no doubt. And also, really quick, I'm actually not even going to talk about this Saturday's game. I'm going to jump ahead here. Once again, need you need you to to bring us all back down to earth here. Michigan State throttles Northwestern. Miami looks terrible against Alabama. That's right. Is this game gettable in two weeks, Steve? I I, I MSU money line might be a bet in my future here uh, when MSU goes to South Beach to take on the Hurricanes. So that's that's how that's how delusional I get in week one, Steve. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I I would say hold off, hold off. Like if they go out and crush Northwestern, like they, you know, like you hope they would, and it's 45, three, you know, or whatever. Um, then I would say, yeah, you know, feel good to feel good about that and, and see where, see where the chips fall uh, on September 18th. But if it's a struggle, you know, basically at any point, if they can't get a push or whatever, uh, they're turning the ball over and it's one of those, sort of D'Antonio era Friday night openers where it's like, right. what, you know, we should be up by 30 right now type of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. If it's like that, then, then, then hold off. I'd say, again, we saw some of that, what we saw, I think is real, but uh, you, I, you just got to see it more than one time too. You know, we've seen enough over these past couple of years to know, you know, some of these, sometimes there's fool's gold. Sometimes there's a flash in the pan. You got to see, you got to see it for another week. Uh, Miami. Yeah. I still think that they definitely got enough to, to scare and beat Michigan State, but uh, we'll see. Shoot. Like I said, shoot. All right, fine. <sighs> Stephen, hey man, 
you're the best. I, I can't thank you enough for your time and joining us and breaking down the game with us. And yeah, I, I know that people love hearing from you. Um, whenever you're on game busters number on the locked on Spartans podcast, man. So really, really can't thank you enough. Appreciate it. Of course, man. So we'll talk, uh, have fun this weekend. We'll talk after one of these other ones here. Yeah, we'll talk after uh, MSU beats Youngstown State 17-14 to 14 in double overtime, baby. Let's get it popping. Woo! Let's go, baby. Let's go. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Huge, huge thanks to Stephen Brooks, who will be joining us throughout the season after every game, if not most games. Um, Steve's just the man. I always love chatting with him. That, that, that's my guy. And, uh, hey, d- definitely hope you uh, enjoy listening to him, too. I, I'm sure you do. Whenever Steven's on, our, our numbers do pretty good. So I, I think... You guys like yourself some Steven, uh, just just like everyone else does. Uh, betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, run team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right, gang, we'll be back tomorrow talking penguins. Woo-hoo. Get yourself ready for the home opener Saturday. Let's go. Go Green.